Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We've reached the end of another tumultuous week in the world of international politics. And the big news is, wait for it, Robert De Niro's banned Donald Trump from all his knobby restaurants. You might not think that's particularly important in the scheme of things, but it is the typical snowflake response to the President of the United States and his continuing quest for the Nobel Peace Prize. Don't believe the hype that the North Korean summit is off. Some people think Boris Johnson uh, should get himself over to Pyongyang uh, and start negotiating a peace process with Kim Jong-un. But this is a guy who can't even manage his own telephone lines. He's been pranked by a couple of people who pretended that they knew about Vladimir Putin. 0344-499-1000. Katie Perry uh, is back with me. We'll be talking about that, of course, and a great many other things. Coming up, we'll be going live to Ireland, where they're having an historic vote on the legality of abortion. We'll head to Wales, where they banned smoking outside public buildings and we'll find out why you get anxious and nervous when you're waiting for a takeaway to arrive that's the really big story of the day 0344 499 1000 plus it's friday so we'll have another sparkling edition of the perrier awards you're listening to me mike graham and katie perrier on talk radio the independent republic of mike graham on talk radio very important international kind of diplom- diplomacy to talk about uh, with your very good friend of mine, Mr Gitu Harry, uh, political commentator, former director of communication for Boris Johnson, who incidentally has just been pranked. And I've got a lot of questions about that. But let's kick it off, uh, Gitu, with uh, Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un and the whole uh, North Korean summit uh, debacle. How are you? Morning, Gitu. Yeah, I just want to check that you are who you claim to be. <laughs> well, this is GDPR <laughs> day, right? So <laughs> I may not be you able know, to answer know, that I question. I know Katie very well, so I need to know what she advises uh, Conservative candidates us to wear when they go for selection just to check that she's the real katie <laughs> it is me and i'm not saying that live on air but basically <laughs> not not all right to, that yeah. works that works fire away fire away well, or rather what not to wear underneath your suit i suppose might be something else that you could no do don't wear your hairy about. bunches uh, yeah, you exactly. want to represent the country don't <laughs> yeah. wear bunches well presumably your advice to boris johnson Gitu, would have been don't answer the phone to anyone unless you know exactly who they are well, do you know what? I think this is one where he really can't be blamed. Apparently, Alan Duncan, who's a minister and has a reputation for being very sober and competent, 
uh, had talked to the hoaxers <laughs> before and I've passed seen on a very, the number. Uh, a very revealing so, picture of Alan Duncan from last weekend. Well, well maybe, story. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But do you know what? You've got to operate on the basis of when somebody puts a, uh, a call through to you when you're in Boris's shoes that they have checked them out first. To be fair with him, what is amazing, and, and Katie will know this as well as I do, is that he managed to talk to these people for 18 minutes yeah. without saying anything that's become a bigger scandal than the fact that he was hoaxed. Uh, that's extraordinary in itself and a sign that maybe Boris is kind of sobering up and, <laughs> and becoming a very serious foreign secretary after all. Well, that's very true, but it is difficult. For, I, I, I don't actually blame him at all. I'm obviously just poking the stick at him because I can. But um, surely somebody has to be blamed for allowing this to happen. Yes. Well, there's an army of civil servants and they all pride themselves on being terribly, terribly serious and terribly, terribly smooth and all this nonsense about Rolls Royce machines and all that jazz. And yet if they if the whole machine manages to put something through, then it becomes the sort of fault of the guy at the end of the line. So, you know, if if we were taking this seriously and apparently the Foreign Office is looking into it, you know, how do you not sort of establish uh, quite early on who is a leader of a foreign country and who is not? Well, indeed. And speaking of which, let's get on to Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un and the whole process of the uh, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Katie's been saying to me all morning, see, I told you he wasn't going to get the Nobel Peace Prize. Basically, I don't, he I fell don't for think, it. No, so. I did not fall for it. I don't <laughs> believe, I did not believe that this is the end. It's not over yet. And Trump will still pull something out of a hat, whether it's a rabbit uh, or a dead mouse. We don't know. They're going to meet one day, I'm sure, because it's it's irresistible. It's just as a global soap opera, it beats anything that Trump has been involved in before. And they haven't actually burned their bridges comprehensively. And, uh, well, you know, Katie knows him. She's You've met him, for God's sakes. Um, crazy, crazy kind of guy, but crazy in a way that sort of surprises us sometimes in a pleasant way as well as in a... In a mad way, I remember back in the day, I was on uh, the plane with Tony Blair when he was prime minister and he went to Libya to meet Colonel Gaddafi. Now, that felt really crazy. We came off the plane and were driven to his tent in the middle of the desert. We had about six armed guards. Turned out he had a whole army uh, around him. And I suddenly sort of thought, what were we thinking? Mm. What is Gaddafi going to do to Tony Blair to take advantage of this? Could have taken him hostage, could have just snogged him in front of the world's cameras. <laughs> um, and I'd rather I be think, hostage, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just thinking, where does that leave me as one of the few journalists there? But, you know, these things are very unpredictable, but they're irresistible. In the end, it paid off for Tony Blair, and I suspect that we haven't heard the last chapter in this. Well, you're right, Gitto. Whenever I travelled abroad, my mother was always very worried about me. You know, you're going to all these far-flung places, you're a security risk, and I'd say, you say to her, I'm the safest person in, you know, in Britain right now because mm. of the amount of security detail that we have around us. But uh, do you not think, though, that we are just playing into Trump's hands? That this is about the PR, it's about the stunt, it's about being on our front pages and in our broadcasts again. You know, why does the world revolve around Trump? And the fact that he's doing this whole kind of, look, look at me, I know about the art of the deal. I'm a businessman. Watch and learn. Wait and see how this ends and up. And that's what he's doing. I know, but we're all just kind of eating out the palm of his hand. And I just want to turn around and say, oh, well, you know what? If you want to play that silly game, do it in private. Do not do it in public. You know, I know some very sober, some very uh, highly intelligent and, and generally calm people who, you know, their heads are being done in by Trump. Um, I think Alistair Campbell wrote a sort of very, very long treatise about how he wakes up in the middle of the night thinking of Trump and tries to avoid his tweets and he can't. So he is haunting us. Uh, and I think you're, you're, you're right, both of you. But the one thing that I'm prepared to forgive him for is if all this nonsense, all this palaver, all this cheapening uh, of, of international discourse and, and the, the shocker that he is a, a global statesman, 
if all of that produces you know the reunification of Korea or just peace along the thirty uh, eighth parallel then then all that nonsense is worth it it's when all that nonsense happens and and the outcome is making the world less safe as as is the case with his tearing up the deal with Iran that's when he is dangerous as well as a bit but of an idiot. Don't you think, Gitto, that, that all you policy wonks, and I use that word advisedly, I'm are not being a, wonk. A, a little bit unfair to Donald Trump, right? Because in the end, nobody ever gave this kind of scrutiny to any other politician, for example, Barack Obama or Tony Blair at the time, in terms of the way that they operated and in terms of their failings around the world, because there were many failings around the world that many, uh, what you might call sort of, you know, technically correct politicians, politically correct politicians, uh, have been doing for years and years and years. And if Trump actually ends up getting a better result out of all of this, then surely he should be praised for it rather than, you know, denuded. What I do like is that he thinks outside the box and back to the kind of civil servants who in their sort of rather stuffy way say, you know, kind of uh, uh, that that they're a Rolls Royce and uh, these people who are able to put a call through not realising that it's a, a prankster. Nevertheless, we'll never let somebody think outside the box. They always say North Korea is never going to be reunited with the South. There's no point dealing with them. And it takes somebody with with the arrogance and, and, and the audacity of Trump to just say, well, let's try something different. And I've always looked for that in politicians. Um, might explain why I worked for Boris for a while. Somebody who just doesn't take the received wisdom, who says there has to be another way. And if you try another way, guess what? The worst thing is that nothing changes, which is where you were before. And the best thing is you might actually achieve something. And that's where I am with Trump. And that's where I will forgive him all the nonsense that goes along with everything else he does. But it's a big if. It's it a big if. That's exactly what I was going to say. You said it in the last it's sentence. A it's a massive if, but if. no doubt. And we keep on really. saying, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? I mean, his letter that he, he dictated word for word to his staff to send and publicly uh, release says, you talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God they'll never have to be used. I mean, this is the President of the United States, you know, using... That kind of language and to try and show off it's it's just extraordinary and i think world leaders still haven't got their head around how exactly to deal with this man there's so much going on with a man who boasts about the size of his rocket isn't there it's sort of and i thought that was your every friday uh... night chat up line to be honest (laughs) and i just think you know we can all draw our own conclusions from you know how much he talks about it um uh, about what motivates him and why he ha- feels he has to make a mark on the world another way, perhaps. Um, but uh, that's getting into deep psychology, something my father... Yeah, but this is my point. Though. I mean, heaven forbid that anybody who ever reached the Oval Office was in any way um, some kind of egomaniac who, who wanted the world to be uh, written in his image, because they <laughs> all do. They all do. It's just that he's a little bit more kind of honest about it. Yeah, I think he gives us much more access to his thinking because normally conversations go on between a trusted few behind closed doors and then there's a there's a version that somebody as smooth as Katie then portrays to the world uh, through sort of sober He's channels. But with him, he just spouts it out. He wakes up in the middle of the night, reaches for his phone, and off it goes. Mm. My rockets are bigger than yours or shinier than yours or more devastating than yours or I hate this or I hate that. You know, it's mad. And I I know of um, CEOs who have a penchant or used to have a penchant for tweeting and it drives their aides and their lawyers insane and, you know, it becomes a challenge to take their phones off them. Well, indeed. I imagine people have tried very hard to take 
his phone off him because and it, and, um, it, and it won't harm Trump's image in the Midwest and in the Rust Belt and in all the places where he won big against Hillary Clinton to learn that Robert De Niro, um, who's an actor, has now banned him from his restaurants Nobu, uh, in which you'd be lucky to get away with about two hundred quid a head when you go in for some uh, <laughs> some very nicely massaged Japanese steak. Yeah, but I've been to one of De Niro's restaurants. They are pretty cool, and you know, I'd you know, I'd rather be at the De Niro. Yeah, but that's because you're a rich man, Gitto. You can afford to go there, but a lot of people can't. So I'm a wonk. I'm a rich man, and I'm you know giving up my time to come on your show. <laughs> you're one of the one of the political. <laughs> this is the last mates. time we speak to Gitto Harry. It's been a pleasure. Mates. Can I just say it's been a pleasure? The one thing I know about Gitto Harry is that he can take it as well as he can hand it out. So I'm he sure can he's totally not give safe. it. Yeah, not, totally. So as I mentioned to you earlier, very helpfully, I think it was Neil has sent us in a copy of the Nobu um, menu. It's no boo. No Nobu menu, right? And uh, here's Lord. some black cod. To part with. Black cod miso. Now I do like black cod. Guess how much they want for that. Uh, and it'll be black cod about the size of your hand. Probably. 25 quid. £42.50 no. for black cod. And I, that's, I do like black cod. And that's not uh, including any extras. You want chips with that? That'll be probably another 42 quid. You would have quid. chips with that. You'd have rice with that, wouldn't you? Or black you'd cod? Have... Well, you might have, um, I don't know, you might have Sticky rice. some noodles, maybe. Noodles, it's, yeah. It's Asian, chips. It's, it's not, Asian fusion you're talking about. It's not black rice and chips. Black I've actually been chips. to Nobu's, you know. Have you? I have actually been there. Did they chuck you out for saying it wrong? No. Oh. I don't remember whether I said it or not. Okay. I went with the famous person, I'll tell you later, but uh, she was paying. I'm getting the Friday feeling, you know. You're getting that Friday feeling? You're getting the holiday feeling, yeah. I am, actually, yeah. Are Today, you? for the first time, I woke up and I went, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. I love tomorrow. that excitement. I love it. You know, I'm going to leave, uh, I'm going to do a show tonight at TalkSport, I'm going to leave my house tonight in London, drive to the office, I'm going to do the show, finish at one o'clock, straight to Sussex, and then about... You're going to um, get on it. You know, yeah, and then I'm going to be in holiday mode completely. Brilliant. It's going to be fantastic. You know, yesterday, my little boy woke up and he walked into my room and he went, what day is it? Oh, my God, it's my birthday! It's his birthday. He'd only be waiting for it do for about three was, months. Do you think he was just kind of kidding you? No, he knew no, no, it was. no, he was all kind of sleepy-eyed. Oh, really? It, he's been asking oh, us for ages. That sweet? It's, every day he's been asking you. And this is was, it he's, he's only it like six, right? Yeah, yeah, so six. That's brilliant. Did yeah, you have a nice it. birthday? No, it was all right. You know, we had a pretty awful pizza. Pizza. Um, We're going to talk about yeah, takeaways we'll talk about later because, bit. of course, uh, apparently one of the worst kinds of anxiety and nervousness that you can suffer from is uh, if you actually uh, have a bad delivery time on your uh, takeaway. Really? If it doesn't come Even when you expect it Even just ordering it, I think it's stressful, they yeah. say. See, I've got a trick for that. I order mine before I get home. Oh, well, we'll talk about all that. We will bit. talk about all that. The other way you can avoid anxiety and pizza delivery and all that sort of thing is do what Rachel Jewell did last night which is get absolutely bladdered, right, doing shots at a bar. Um, <laughs> here she is. Here she is. And then just get something on the way home. Don't yeah. worry about ordering. Don't worry about any of that. No, don't worry about that. It's fine. It's the way to go. Now, by the way, if you want to get any takeaway from Nobu on your way back home, okay? You're really fucking me now. It's Nobu. It's Nobu. It's Nobu. Inaniwa pasta salad with lobster as a starter. What do you think that's going to set you back? Go on. £29.50. For a starter? For a starter. Oh, they can stick it. I'm not in a Niwa pasta salad. Not bothered. Not in a million years a pasta no, salad you. for me. Thank you very much indeed. Lots of other things going on, including why uh, most radio presenters, it says all here, but obviously can't be right. All right. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Not the part-time ones. Psychopaths. I've been reassured it's not the part-time ones. Which reminds me, actually, do you know Paul Ross stole um, beer from us last week and he hasn't hasn't replaced it? Right. You know? You should start a Twitter campaign. Well, I was going to. I saw on Twitter that he went to the shops recently and bought a load of beer as well. But he Did didn't he? buy the, the Windsor knot. We're still waiting for it. Oh, you know what? Your face. Royal, You're really angry about this, aren't well, you? Well, yeah, people don't steal beer from me and get away with it. I'll never forget that. He's in the book. Note to self. He's in the book. He's in the book. Don't steal from me. I'll be coming after you because I know what you bought at Tesco. Yes, I gotta have I've got a tweet here from David. He said, I had a knock on the door the other night. And there was a delivery guy with a Chinese takeaway standing there. He had the wrong address. Uh, but for a second, I was actually tempted to say it was mine and take it in. <laughs> take it. Everybody's done that, haven't they? Yeah, no, I'm not taking it. It's not mine. But I once got home to find a, uh, a case of wine outside my door. Did you drink it? I took it in, yeah. Did you? Yeah. I tell you what, the other day, my other half said that about 11 o'clock at night, there's a massive bang on the door and someone yeah. was saying, you know, Charlie, take away. And he said, no, not my house. And if you bang on the door and wake my kids up at 11 o'clock at night again, yeah. you're going to be in real trouble. Yeah. Not happy. Not happy at so all. So you can be hangry without having even ordered anything. Well, that's the trouble now with 24-hour living, you know, because you can get deliveries now up until about two in the morning. That's just know. ludicrous. Why is it ludicrous? It is. No, it's not. If you work in like, I mean, I used to work till one. In fact, tonight I'll be working till one. If I decide to order a takeaway that should be delivered at quarter two, I'm sorry if they ring the wrong bell, but that's not my fault. It's not good for you. you know what I mean? dinner now, the White House morning. sinkhole uh, has got a great one here. It's got uh, the White House sinkhole at, at Twitter account. I've been relegated to the second most important White House collapse this week. And there's a picture of Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Which is not this bad. This is going to run and run, isn't it? It really is. And uh, the sink, uh, the sinkhole also says, "Where did I come from?" And it's got four choices. Uh, is it the swamp draining itself? Tiny North Korean missile? Uh, Stanley Yelnats? I don't know what that is. Or the God sense of humour, which apparently God sense of humour wins with forty nine percent. Well, you know, if you think to yourself that they can't even sort out a sinkhole, building the wall is going to be a bit more of a problem. Uh, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah, very, very difficult. That. Let's talk to Kevin Dutton, a man that I've spoken to many times, author, psychologist, a Renaissance character. Uh, he's a man that knows about psychopaths, right? Because uh, Apparently, I'm sitting in the room with one. Well, you are, yeah, of course. But you see, the difference between you and I is that actually being a psychopath, for me, is not a bad thing. And I'm sure Kevin will ex- explain. Kevin, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Hi, Kevin. Hello, Mike. Hello, Katie. How are you? Now, listen, good. I've always been a psychopath, and I'm proud of it. Tell Katie why that's not a bad thing. Well, you're getting worse, Mike, as the years go on, mate. You are. <laughs> what do you mean, getting worse? Well, it's true. What do you mean it's going to end up with me murdering somebody? You're right. I mean, when most people hear the word psychopath, they instantly think of Ted Bundy and Hannibal Lecter. But actually, when when psychologists like myself talk about psychopaths, Katie, we're actually referring to a specific group of individuals with a distinct subset of personality characteristics, such as you've got ruthlessness, you've got fearlessness, self-confidence, focus, 
coolness under pressure. You, you've got mental toughness, uh, charm, charisma. Uh, and, of course, those signature deficits in empathy and conscience that you hear so much about. So, exactly like Mike there, really. And you've described also an awful lot of politicians <laughs> that Ms Perry is sitting next to me has worked for. This woman's been in Downing Street. Well, I think the key is in the word politics, isn't it, <laughs> isn't it Mike? I mean, uh, I think someone once said that politics is derived from the Greek word poly, meaning many, and ticks meaning blood-sucking insects. <laughs> so, I think the key's there. And I think one, uh, I always remember one very senior British politician, who, of course, I can't name because he's still alive, uh, once telling me that the only way to tell who's stabbing you in the back in politics is to see their reflection in the eyes of the person who's stabbing you from the front. <laughs> Uh, which is a bit of an indictment on British politics, but actually pretty true. It is. But in, in many ways, um, people do sort of sh- uh, shrink away from the word psychopath. But actually, where would we be in this world if there weren't any? Well, exactly. I mean, if you imagine those characteristics, those qualities that I've just outlined for you, if you imagine them as a, like a personality mixing desk upon which the, the qualities comprise like the hodgepodge of, of knobs and sliders, if you twiddle them up and down in various combinations, you arrive at two conclusions. And the first one really is that there's no one-size-fits-all objectively correct setting at which them dials might be positioned, but instead the most effective setting will depend on timing, on the, on the circumstances you find yourself in. And the second conclusion that you can come to is really that there are certain jobs and professions which by their very nature demand some of them dials are turned up just a little bit higher than average, demand what I call uh, precision-engineered psychopathy. Exactly right. And as far as radio business is concerned, is it just the presenters or do you think there's a few psychopaths lurking behind the glass as well in the old producing area? Well, actually, Mike, it was just you, mate, to be honest. I like this guy. My is just with you, really. It's a shocking, I mean, but, it's a shocking uh, thing, that. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's across the board, really. I mean, it's, if you think about the kinds of... Uh, it, the kind of environment that you need to deal with in, in media, especially TV and radio, you need to, I mean, you, to be honest, I mean, all joking aside, you need to have a little bit of uh, narcissism and self-confidence to get in front of the camera or in front of the mic. You need to be able to keep your cool under pressure. I mean, if you think about, you know, maybe uh, in the news recently, the Grenfell disaster and yeah. the Manchester bombings, you know, you've got to report, you've got to deliver a top-level news bulletin or report from a, from a tragedy like that. I mean, you've got to, you've got to be very focused. You've got to, to a certain extent, take the emotion out of the situation. You've got to avoid being uh, distracted uh, by what's going on around you. And you've got to be pretty cool under pressure. You've got to regulate your emotions. So, you know, the fact that psychopathic characteristics are quite common in people in the media, really, when you, when you drill down into it, Mike, isn't that much of a surprise, mate. No, I don't think it is. And, I mean, as far as the, uh, the, the, the world of media is concerned generally, I mean, are you noticing any differences because the landscape's changing? We're seeing more people, uh, you know, sort of going out on their own, YouTubers, that kind of thing, people who are not necessarily becoming part of the mainstream media. Is that going to be filled with the same kind of characteristics? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very good observation, I think. And, and you know, I think that we, we, it's, it's often been said that we live in a kind of a, 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 of a Generation X narcissistic generation. And I think that's true. I think with the development of social media um, and all those kinds of forums out there for self-promotion um, and also building kind of fan bases, group-orientated um, uh, fan bases like that. Yeah, of course. I think if you're that way inclined, if you're a little bit more along the narcissistic spectrum, then yeah, I mean, um, the, the, the internet is a perfect platform for you.
Okay. Well, Kevin, listen, have a great weekend. Uh, Just before we let you go, I suppose I should ask you, what's your favourite hangover recovery food? Because that's what we're asking everybody else. Oh, can't beat a fry-up, mate. A fry-up, it's got to be. You can't beat a greasy fry-up with a full-fat can uh, can of Coke. (laughs) It's got to be done. for me. Got to be done. Have a great weekend, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed. Kevin Dutton there, uh, up in Oxford there, author and psychologist, Department of Experimental Psychology at Oxford University. Weather heavy, thundery rain across England and Wales, slowly moving northwards mostly dry across Scotland with very warm sunshine in the west. There's more news in half an hour. Stay there. Don't go anywhere, Rachel. Stay there, love. We've been talking about... uh, We've been talking... Yeah, how are you feeling? I can't lie, I'm feeling a little bit tender. Tender? I heard, I heard you were doing mu- Jager bombs last <laughs> this night. This music is very loud to my <laughs> tender ears. Now, what about uh, favourite hangover foods? We were talking about those a minute ago. And uh, she said full English, right? So like, yeah, fry yeah, up. Yeah. Or fizzy Diet Coke. Yeah, definitely something sugary. Yeah. Did you have some? Uh, did you have a cure this morning? <laughs> I, not this morning, but last night I might have had a burger and fries. <laughs> <laughs> Super size. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Yeah, but you still need something the next day, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Well, well, no, I couldn't. No? I couldn't face it this morning. No. no. Coffee. Lots of coffee. So, do you reckon by about three or four o'clock you'll be back on it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jaeger bombs into the weekend. Jaeger bombs into I the weekend. I blame Con. Producer Con. Yeah, I blame him as yeah, well. Yeah, he's which bad is unusual. On normally, really. he's the one that wimps out early, claiming oh, that he exactly. has to get to bed because he's only a millennial. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, we're, Glad we're, you're feeling better. Well, it's nearly the end of the show. Jamie East will be here at one o'clock or shortly before. We've got about ten minutes left. And now, it's time for this. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Perrier Awards. I'm back at the podium to hand out accolades to my favourite moments of the week from the so-called independent Republic of Mike Graham. I love the way you do the so-called. Mike, Mike is sat on the front row, ticked to win big. The production team are tucking into the buffet and Rachel Jewell is shouting at a waiter, demanding he brings her more Jaeger bombs. The scene is set. So let's find out this week's winners of the Perry Awards. Our first award goes to Mike Graham for the worst kids TV show idea. The financial district is not at all worried about Russian money or Russian companies or, you know, whether these people are, are Putin's puppets, uh, which I rather like the sound of, actually. I've only just well, come it's Putin's puppets. Putin's puppets. Whatever. People like rang Boris Johnson, really. The next award goes to an inferior rival station who must be struggling as they win the Perrier for this desperate attempt to steal our listeners. Yes, I heard there was a guy on on LBC, the uh, Co Cobra Gear. Say that on here. I'll say LBC. Came out in a rash, didn't we? We did. So it's time for a semi-regular category now. The best impression that goes to myself for this Adele-style cackle. Well, also, I mean, I've, I've got a particular water problem, which I will be explaining to Ray You've Stewart got water work uh, in a moment. It's not a waterworks problem. That's not what I said. A water problem. <laughs> it's very sad. It does London, sound a bit that, like Adele, it? actually. Yeah, I didn't terrible. That. Terrible. Well done. The winner of this weirdest demand of the week goes to you, Mike, for this odd message to the editor of the Daily Mail, Paul Dacre. Get lost. Get out of my bedroom. Get out of my house. Get out of my fireplace, Mr. Dacre and your cohorts. <laughs> bit much. Yeah, well, he was winding me up Were somewhat. you hungry? Uh, I was not, no, because I couldn't possibly be something that doesn't exist. Whatever. Of course, this show is celebrated for its journalistic integrity on a weekly basis. Former Fleet Street guru Mike Graham wins the Perrier for the exclusive of the week. And what about this whole situation in Salisbury as well? Uh, because Sergei Skripal was released from pri- uh, prison, uh, released from <laughs> hospital on Friday, right? 
Brilliant. Well, you know, maybe I'm more right than you know. Whatever. Also, rather surprisingly, he wins the award for the time management for the moment of the sass from Daisy, the wonderful Daisy McAndrew, this week. I, I know we're, we're, we're probably over time now, but there was another yeah, thing are. that I... Charming. <laughs> You're on a roll, my friend. He Thank also you. wins the eyesight award for the mistaken identity. We'll definitely take some calls coming up next, right here on Talk Radio. Uh, right now, here's Alex Dibble with the news headlines. Talk Radio, half hour headlines. <laughs> it's Rachel Jewell, but not mine. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. Whatever. You've got to read, you don't just read the script, actually look at your own eyes. I was looking down. God. Our next perrier is that you can take the girl out of the couple wall, but you won't be surprised to find goes to myself. If someone's turned around, if I saw a man opening the door for a woman and a woman turned around and said, I don't need you to do that for me, yeah, I yeah. think I'd go and chin her. <laughs> it's a bit much, isn't very it, really? Very violent, yeah. Very violent, very South London. Anyway, back to Mike now, who obviously wins the perrier for hypocrite of the week. Out of the many, many moments we have to choose for, we went for this. That's Why? good parenting. That's not, You're well, helping out where you feel she needs to help. I'm helping out where she needs it, but yeah. I don't pay for her rent. And if she lived with me, I would make her pay rent. She... Although when she did live with me, I didn't make her pay rent. So that's rubbish, actually. <laughs> You're talking a load of old couplers, <laughs> but I love it. I did well, clarify that last night to somebody. I said, actually, um, you know, that was only because it was a temporary arrangement. If it was a permanent arrangement, obviously I wouldn't make it. You still pay. give her access to your American Express. That's true. Shush your noise. Yeah. And finally, an old favourite, shutdown of the week goes to MG for this moment during a handover with Jamie East. <laughs> to embarrass uh, Sam behind the glass there talk, talk to his dad you know. yeah. oh, still living at home that young people living at home you see yeah, yeah. Oh, we're yeah. doing that story as well yeah. Yeah, the 30 yeah. year old well Sam will, uh, Sam yeah, will help Sam will tell you all about it yeah I think uh, I think Kate our tech up still lives at home as well so maybe it's a thing in well maybe you get her dad thing. on maybe we'll get Kate's dad yeah there you go there you go you steal all our best ideas don't you <laughs> what else is coming up Chinese couples are being made to, made to go through a test before they're allowed to divorce uh, and if you score a really high score then they suggest that you should maybe rethink it because it clearly shows that you're still in love <laughs> yeah. yeah well that'll be an interesting test we'll be maybe take that one tomorrow yeah exactly I'm up for that definitely yeah. okay marvellous take oh. our cast off stories then won't you we'll take anything you like <laughs> and as Jamie said, do it better. <laughs> That's why we got more listeners than you. Boy, better know when it's shut down. Yeah. Ouch. That's all for the Perry Awards this week. You can catch up with the highlights from the week's show via the Daily Independent, Republic of Mike Graham podcast on iTunes and talkradio.co.uk. The 2018 Perry Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. 